to the A Plus Ed Tech podcast. My name is Ashley McBride, and I'm an instructional technology facilitator in North Carolina. This is episode three of a three-part series about blogging in any classroom. In this episode, we're going to talk about sharing student blogs and different activities that you can do with your students in the class to make the blogs a bit more interesting to read. First thing I want to talk about is sharing your blogs. What is the point of having your students create blogs if you're not going to share it with the world? The first place that you should go is obviously the parents. So I would make sure that parents are completely understanding as to what it is you're trying to accomplish with these blogs and invite them to read. Parents want to see their students work. They want to know what they are doing in class. Providing student blogs allows parents that window into your classroom. While we're on the topic of letting parents know what's going on, you probably should be blogging alongside your students. Lead by example, you know? So when you are doing that, you can actually show the parents what is going on in your classroom from your point of view, from more of an adult point of view, and allow them to see things that their students wouldn't even think to post. All right, so on top of sharing with parents, you can also share with other classes. And when you're sharing with other classes, this is a great opportunity for that quad blogging where you and another teacher could share your uh, blog posts with each other's classes or you could share within your own set of classes, especially if you're a secondary teacher and you're looking at five or six different classes every day. You can also share with the world. And the way that you do this is you can go to Twitter. And on Twitter, you can use the hashtag comments for kids. Make sure you use the link for your blog or your students' blogs and put in there a little something about what it is. And people will come around and they will look at your students' blogs and they'll leave them comments. Of course, the idea behind this is that at some point, you would either provide your students or you would go in and use the URLs that other people have been posting and provide comments for their students as well. So if you use hashtag comments for kids, now that is comments, the number four, and then kids, K-I-D-S, then you are going to be expected to uh, provide some comments for other classes as well. You can also share using QR codes that perhaps you post in your classroom for whenever you have parent night or whenever you invite other people into your room, you could post them around the school. You could post on Twitter inside of any other groups that might be safe. So you might want to consider using your school's hashtag or sending it to your school account. You can also email it out to parents who can then pass it on to family members. They could email it to grandparents. And it's great because I know personally, I don't live right next to my parents. So they don't get to see their grandchildren as often as they would like. And if my student, if my children, my personal children, were actually doing something like this online, being able to provide them that URL so they can see some cool things they're doing in school, any writing or videos they might be making, I know that's something that uh, my parents would love to do. Now, once you have students writing or posting, then you need to consider having your students actively engage in those blogs 
in the classroom. This is something I did not do whenever I started implementing blogs, and I really wish I had. So the first activity that we're going to talk about is called a QR blog walk, and this is just a take on the gallery walk where students are posting things around the room and they are looking at each other's stuff and reflecting on it. So you'd have to create QR codes that link to student blog posts and put them around the room. And once the codes are around the room, students can walk around and use the QR codes Uh, And they could use QR code readers. And this is great if you have iPads or if your students are able to use their cell phones. This is a good productive way for them to use those cell phones. As students walk around the classroom, they can go and put comments into the blogs as they're reading them. This allows them to practice their communication skills, really make sure that they're doing some positive commenting, and it gives them the ability to read and reflect on other people's work. Another activity you could use would be the blog scavenger hunt. Now, the beauty of this is this is something that could be used if you have one of those rowdy classes that may not be able to handle getting out of their seats. Now, I'm a true believer that you provide students some freedom, then usually they're going to do fairly well with it. But I know I've had those classes, and I'm sure everybody out there at some point has had a class where letting them out of their seat might cause more of a headache than anything else. So you could do this in your seats, and they could read certain blogs. So the the two ways you could do this is you could create a document or a Google Doc and have students go link by link, and they have to answer certain scavenger hunt questions through those blogs. Now, this does require that you've read through the blogs and you've come up with questions. You can provide students that list of questions and they answer it using the blog posts. And then while they're answering those questions, have them leave comments for classmates. Then you can also make it a competition to add some excitement. Maybe the person who has the most questions answered in a specific period of time. You could also consider giving out a reward for the person who has the best comments. Now, if you go to my website, aplusedtech.com, you're going to find all the resources for this podcast and the earlier three about blogging. There is a page called Blogging in Any Classroom, and that's going to give you all the resources from episodes one, two, and three. Also, in that resource, in those resources, there is a checklist, and that checklist will provide you a number of different questions that you can ask yourself as you're setting up your blogs for your classes. And it does also give some more detailed information about the two activities that I explained here, along with some example questions that you could use. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, or you want to showcase some of your expertise on my show, then please go ahead and find me on Twitter. I'm at A plus EdTech, or you can always find me on my website. <laughs>